This is one of my favorite days. One of my favorite days is when we come together and we get to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. And so we're gonna, you're going to hear a series of a couple testimonies as we kind of put a cap on, on Romans 8. We'll come back to Romans 8 uh, later on. Um, but we'll hear some stories of what God has been doing in people's lives, uh, particularly two people. And uh, I think we've talked over and over and over that we're all on a journey. So if you're hearing that for the first time, we're on a journey. I'm Tobin. I'm the teaching pastor at Watermark Community Church. We want to welcome you because you should be hearing that over and over and over. And as we go on these journeys, we, we learn you know, as a guy, I have been learning a lot, uh, and women probably go amen. Um, but, you know, I think that for some reason, guys, we just feel like uh, we're just supposed to know everything. You know, it's just, it's just and so you're not ever to show that you don't know something, you never ask questions, and you just should have this incredible storehouse of knowledge in our brains for every situation and every circumstance. And I, I need to confess to you that uh, for me, being a husband and being a dad is hard. I mean, I think that I never thought that being a dad was going to be hard. I never thought that being a husband was going to be hard. I just saw people doing it, and I figured, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And, and I never figured out how they were doing it, or if they are doing it well, or what does it look like. And I just didn't have very good models for what that looked like. And so, especially parenting, I feel like I'm very teachable from God's word and from people around me. And I'm always asking questions like, why did you do that with your kids? And how did your kids turn out? And why did they turn out the way they did? And how can they turn out better? And how can you help me with my kids turn out better? And all of these things. And so one of the things I learned really early was I started doing, uh, asking questions. Because I realized that I didn't have questions asked of me very often as a kid growing up by my parents. And so I've got in this tradition, and, and I'm very careful because my kids are here and they're listening. To, but, but just beginning, you know, my kids are m my heroes in, in some sense. I'm learning more about the Lord and grace and mercy through parenting and my kids than I could have ever learned someplace else. And so I learned to ask questions. And so what I've done, and you can ask my kids this, hopefully, um, from a very early age, I would find places where I could ask them a series of questions. And the questions would always go something like this. The questions would go, uh, do you know that I love you? And how they would answer that. And then I would ask the question, well, how do you know that I love you? And I would listen to what they would have to say. And so I've been doing that now for 14 years. And this week was the first time I got the answer that I never expected. So it was KK, our, our seven-year-old who just turned eight. And uh, usually I get her up in the morning. We get her ready for school. And we're preparing, and I'll take her to class. And the last thing I do when I bring her into school is I kind of get my hands on her face like this, and I look at her, and I say, do you know that I love you? And I wait for the response, and then I say, uh, how do you know that I love you? And so this time I said the same thing. I said, do, do you know that I love you? And she goes, yeah, 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 you love me. I know, I know, I know. You. I, said, I said, well, how, how do you know that I love you? And she goes, well, you, you tell me all the time. <laughs> I said, okay, how else do you know that I love you? And you said, she said, well, because you take care of me. Oh, okay, that's good. Well, this week, all those same things happened. And at the end of that time, she goes to me, why? Why do you love me? Why do you take care of me? And she said to me, do you, do you love me and take care of me because I'm good? Because I've been good this week? Is, are you loving me and taking care of me because I've been good this week? 
Are you loving me and taking care of me because I've been kind this week? Those were her two responses. First time I ever have a kid say, why, and it's because I do this. And I thought about that. You know, I, I'm, in my mind, I'm racing like parent. Okay, alert, alert, new category. No one ever asked why. What do I do when the why comes? And, and, and so I just, I just listened to it. And I thought, you know, what if I had just said, yeah, I love you because you obey or what if I said to her, yeah, you're right. I love you because you're doing all the right things. You're making all the good grades. Or what if I said to her, oh, you know, I, KK, I love you because you're so beautiful. Or KK, I love you because you never tell a lie. What if I had said that to her as a condition to my love? What would have happened? Well, what would have happened was I would have set up this idol within her her world, this idol of, well, if my, I do these things, if I perform this way, my dad loves me. And she would have gone on this journey of performing and doing, trying to be smart, trying to be fast, trying to be honest, trying to be beautiful, trying to be good, so that I would love her. I would have created this idol in her life. And she would have spent all her life striving for that idol. As we look at Romans, Paul asks us all one question. He asks us in a very intimate and personal way, what are we striving for? What is it in our world that we strive for? And then if we get it and we do it and we keep doing it over and over and over, then God loves us. And we're made right And what we realize as we go through the gospel of Romans, foundation by foundation by foundation, is the truth is this. God loves you as his child. And if you say, why? He would say, because I love you. That there's nothing you can do today as God's child to make him love you more. You can't perform. You can't keep doing things to get more of that love because he doesn't love you because of the idols and things that we hold on to and that we strive for. He loves us because he loves us. How do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? For some people, it makes them feel very uncomfortable. It makes them feel like, well, I got to do something. I got I to earn it. I got to prove to him that I'm worthy of my love. It's like my neighbors in China. It was really interesting. Christine and I, we moved into this new flat, and I think I've told this story before, but we, these people helped us. They were actually our landlords, and we wanted to thank them, and so Christina baked some cookies. And so I went over to their house, and I gave them these cookies, and I said, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys have been such a big help. Well, the next day, we had this knock on our door, and we had this cake, and they gave us a cake. And I thought, well, that's interesting. We, we gave them something to thank them for everything they've done and how much they've taken care of us, and they give us a cake. And I figured, okay, let's try this out. So the next day, we make a bigger cake. <laughs> I'm not teasing you. 
And I take it over to them and say, hey, we just want to thank you for, for, for being a great neighbor, and we really appreciate everything you've done, and we just want to give you this cake because you're just a great landlord, and we, 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 just, we appreciate you guys. You know what happened? The next day, we got a knock on our door. There was two cakes. <laughs> and I realized we live in a world and we live in a culture where it's very hard to receive grace. We live in a world and we live in a culture where it's very hard to hear, I love you because I love you. Because we struggle with this brokenness in us. And this brokenness tells us you're only loved if you perform. You only loved if you do things. But what Romans has been telling us over and over and over is if you're God's child, he loves you because he loves you. If you're God's child, there's nothing you can do to earn more of his love. If you're God's child, there's nothing you can do to lose his love. If you're God's child, there's nothing you can do today that would make God turn his back on you, not want to talk to you, not want to be involved in your life, not want to love you, not want to care for you. Nothing you can do can change God's love for you. Do you know that? Do you live like that? I think if we're honest, a lot of us know it, but in our hands and our hearts, we strive for other things. Paul says at the end of Romans 8 that there's nothing that can take you away from God's love. Nothing created in the universe, not even yourself. And so the question is, once we understand that, then what is our proper response? We're not responding and doing to get. We're responding and loving because of what Christ has done for us. And the Bible says really clearly that one of the clear, very first responses that we are to have as God's people. Once we get our head around his love, once we understand grace, once we understand what he's doing in our lives, the, one of the very first things that we are to do to show our understanding of this is to give testimony, to share our story, to share what God has done in our lives, to talk to people about God's grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness. And so that's what we want to do today. So I'm going to invite Yvonne, Louis. Yvonne, where are you? You're hiding right there. You're underneath me. So you were like, I couldn't even see you. Uh, I'm going to invite Yvonne to come up. And Yvonne is going to just share a little bit about uh, her journey. And uh, Yvonne is doing this totally. She said, I don't want to do this, but because... I trust you. I'm going to do that. So I promise not to embarrass her. So come on up here. Now, you've seen Yvonne all the time up here, and she's helping us lead worship. And uh, we, I've known you for ten, eight years, ten years? Close. Ten years? Close to ten. Before we even started the church here, I've known Yvonne and her husband. And so I thought that Yvonne is actually, uh, uh, she's actually moving and so she's moving back to northern Montana. It's Canada. 
I call it northern Montana, but... Now uh, he's joking about Canada, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I thought I just would love to get Yvonne up here, and I, I've known you for 10 years now, and um, just love for you to sh- maybe start off by just kind of sharing to the Watermark family as you're up here worshiping, leading music, and helping us worship the Lord. Just share a little bit about y- yourself and how you came to be in Hong Kong and at Watermark. Um, just a little bit of uh, history, because many of you haven't, I haven't spoke to personally. As I came to Hong Kong with my family, I had a husband and three kids, and we all came together to Hong Kong in 2001. And then one by one, my kids moved home for university and um, in Canada, northern Montana. In 2007, my husband, Jeffrey, um, we were attending Island ECC back then, and he was uh, diagnosed with cancer, colon cancer. And so um, in 2008, we, we went home to Toronto, Canada, Ontario. Mm. I have to get used to saying those things. Um, Toronto in 2008, and in three short weeks, he was gone, right? So I spent about f- uh, four months in Canada, and then I'm, I came back to Hong Kong. Um, in in the spring of 2009, uh, just to fi- was thinking about just finishing off a degree that I started years ago, and then that was the beginning of my my faith journey on my own in Hong Kong for five years. In 2009, I I started working at the school, and um, during that time, I felt God was calling me to join. Watermark, as we pray for Area 15, which was now, yeah, which is now Watermark, right? right yeah. yeah. So um, I remember, I mean, with, with Jeffrey. So I, I, I remember when I first time we kind of interacted was on the second floor of Island ECC. And so almost every Sunday, you guys would be stage here. You would be sitting right there with your backs towards the thing, and I'd go pray pray with you and pray for him and that stuff. Do you, you feel comfortable maybe sharing a little bit about just your, what he did before? <clears throat> yes. The he has an amazing, why, the has why, an amazing right? story. The reason why we came back to Hong Kong was that he wanted to join a, a mission organization in, that served China. He was part of an organization called Cornerstone <clears throat> Association Limited. And it's just a really... It's just an, a, a company that has a cover to go into China, right? So he was helping with orphans and build, rebuilding schools. Uh, he had a heart of for education. So for five years, he worked with uh, Cornerstone. And after that, he decided to join the school that I was working at, uh, CAIS, because he wanted to touch... Um, he, wa- he wants to really go into education, he wants to get a doctorate degree so that he can work in China at that time. Yeah. 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 I, mean, he, I mean, I remember just the people that he touched in his lives and the people who came into his life, and just was uh, amazing in that sense. So as you think about this journey you've been on and you've experienced the whole gamut of life, I think in some ways some of us are kind of naive and we talk about going on a journey, but we always talk about the journey being, you know, very easy in life and things like that. What would you say are some of the things that the Lord's been teaching you or 
what are the things that you, you know, the experiences that you've, he's been showing you in his life and through all of these circumstances, these, these highs and these lows and things like that. Last week's sermon, a few of those were here last week, we talked about God is good, right? And God is for us. And I think I remember Tobin was asking us, do you really believe that God is for you? Even though that you read in the Bible, but does it, do you feel that in your heart? That's what it is. And he also asked that if all things do work for good for those who work, who loves God. When, I was, when he was asking those questions in my heart, really, honestly, I couldn't say yes right away. You know, I cannot just say amen. Um, because these are tough questions to answer even for me now. Um, I think that it's a struggle between spirit, mind, and heart. My mind, I agree that God is good, and God is for me, and he's looking out for me. I know that. I can see it. As I look back, I know for a fact that he is leading me and he's providing for me. But um, I think sometimes it, my heart needs to catch up to that fact that he is for me and he is good. So it is uh, a three-step forward and two steps back process. You make some progress and then you move back a little bit, right? And another lesson that I learned is to travel light. Not just uh, in terms of luggage or furniture, but to travel light. As in terms with God, you know, sometimes we, we carry a lot of baggages in, a, on a, in us or on us. And God said, you know, I, I'm ready for you. You know, you, I'm ready to forgive, forgive you. You don't have to carry all those things. And so I've learned to travel light, make, keep my list short with God. I think that's in, in Romans too. At the very beginning, we, we said that we cannot do anything to earn God's grace. But we try. We often try. But I've learned that, yeah, God, thank you. I just, all I have to do is say thank you and travel light. And I only have two pieces of luggage to take on board this week, this Wednesday when, as I leave. So not much to take home. But I'm very happy that I don't have to lug it all by myself. That's great. As you think about your just time here in these last couple of years, what would you say, I mean, even just the last three years uh, at Watermark, what has been the importance of community in your life, or how has the, the community helped you in this journey you've been on? Mm -hmm. Well, even before Watermark, when I was in Ireland ECC, my care group was really, my community group at that time was really close, and we'd gone through everything together. And... For myself in Watermark in the past five years, well, not five years, we're only three years old, right? Yeah. yeah. Since I joined Watermark, there has been time that, um, when I think about it, the word lonely or alone comes to mind. But when I realize, what I realize is I'm not alone. I have people that God has placed strategically around me just to be there at the right time. And um, he placed me in Watermark. My first care group was Tin Hao and Melon and Sylvia. So, yeah, they are so great. And they made me feel so welcome. Even, I think I remember we had 
care group me uh, uh, community group meetings with only the three of us at the very beginning. And it was wonderful. I got to hug all, you know, both of their attention. And that's, and God had given me that time just to, to have monopoly over, you know, I don't know how to, I don't even know the word, their love. Um, so he has placed, um, I, like I said, there are people placed in different places in my life the, the past five years in my church at school, where I work, in my studies. I even have Christian people at, you know, where I was studying. And even a Christian, I don't know, massage therapist, who keeps saying to me, you don't really need to come, you know, have you prayed about this? And so, he's not trying to get my business, he's trying to say that you need to lean on God and drop it off and not to carry it. And, and I learned that. And I'm not alone in this greater community of God. It is there I find those who walked beside me, who I can lean on and accept my goods and my bads. And I feel approved. I feel accepted and loved and treasured just being me. I don't have to be anyone else. In another word, the CG has exemplified Christ to me. Christ's unconditional love. Yvonne is one of those people that she can't get rid of us because she's even at our schools, our kids' school. So every time we drop our kids off or our kids get in trouble, I know that never happens. But uh, <laughs> so she's right there. So she's right in the midst of all these things. As you think about this next leg of your journey and you're going back to Canada, um, what are some things we could pray for you? I have to make a list. So I don't know if you want to write it down. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I have been in Hong Kong for two, uh, since 2001, so I've been here for a long time. And my kids, um, yeah, I haven't lived with my kids for a long time, especially my eldest, Jeff Ryan, in two, uh, since 2002. So I want to be a part of their lives again in a deeper way. So I, want, I ask for prayer for that because two of my children, they're not walking with God. Jeff Ryan and Jenny, they both feel that right now they're okay. They don't really need God for now. Yeah, and Gregory, he is, he is well actively uh, serving in the church, but I think he still needs, you know, I just want to be with them. So pray for me that I will have the courage and energy to, to, do, um, to do just that. And my in-laws, that's another pride. He mentioned it many times about the, the challenges of interacting with in-laws. And, and I, I wrote down here, I'm no Ruth, right? Yeah, this journey home will involve some rebuilding, you know, bridges to rebuild bridges between me and my in-laws. And it is complicated, so that's prayer item two. Prayer item three, as, as much as I wish to retire, as you can see that I'm way too young for that. So I need to find a job and that, can, that I can support myself and a home. Uh, in Toronto, where or Waterloo, where my children are, and the last one, item number four, is a church community. That's the last but important. I know that I will have moments of doubts and uncertainties about moving home. Maybe I made the wrong decisions or something like that. So many unspoken f fears and negative self-talks. So pray that God will provide His people around me 
in my new church home. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for being on this journey and blessing us and uh, being a part of just this, uh, our church family. And so I'm going to pray for Yvonne and uh, and we'll. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your your uh, mercy in our life. I pray for my dear sister here. I just thank you that your hand has been upon her so uh, faithfully, even in the difficult, difficult times. And so, Lord, we we just rejoice. We we praise you. We praise your name as you play out her story and you make it even something amazing to people to look at. We pray just for peace uh, that she would know that you're going before her. That the decisions. There would be no fear, no doubt, uh, no what-ifs as she walks towards you in this process. We pray that for her kids, for the two who, who, who don't know you yet, that you would open their eyes and they would, they would see uh, what they're striving for and they would ask questions of whether that is the ultimate thing that will give them happiness and meaning and sustain their lives in the way that you sustain their mother's life in the good times and in the difficult times. And Lord, we pray that you would find a church family for her. I pray that you would open up opportunities uh, that she could find a family that meets uh, needs that she can use her gifts and her talents to serve there and to share the story of all the amazing things you're doing in her life for those who need to hear of your mercy and your grace and your faithfulness. And so we just thank you for our dear sister Yvonne. We pray uh, just many blessings upon her as she goes from here on this week. And we know that your hand is upon her. And we thank you that you can, we can see some of these stories and be a part of these stories. And we pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. When we uh, got together and several of us were dreaming about what kind of church did God uh, want us to, to plant, to start, uh, Watermark, a couple of the sayings that kept coming to our head. We wanted to be a church uh, for the glory of God and for those who weren't in church on Sunday. Is that, you hear that? We feel like we want to be a church for God's glory and for the people who weren't already in church. That we feel like God called us to be a church that was outwardly focused. That not just about what was happening within us, but outward with us. What's going on in the community, what's happening in people's lives who aren't in church. And how can we meet them and bring them to the family of faith. We wanted to be a place where people could take their next step in their journey, no matter where they were. We're, The testimonies aren't perfect. We're not perfect people, but whatever that next step is in a journey, we wanted to be a place where people could come, they could meet the Lord, and they could take that next step. And so I wanted to ask, uh, have Will to come up, and you're changing positions on me too. Everybody's kind of, and uh, so Will, this is Will. Can you say hi to Will? Will, everybody hi. Hello. And so Will is, uh, I, I, I just got a chance to meet Will. I've known his relatives a lot longer. Yeah. He has very famous relatives, so I don't know if he's, <laughs> he sticks up to that. But, uh, but Will has been here for six months, yep. and he's, uh, <clears throat> he's from the, the land of perpetual spring and good summers and great weather, uh, England. And uh, that's a joke, okay? <laughs> and so... Uh, but he's been practicing a lot on his Texas accent, and so I figured he could come up here. And, but I just, I really, I just wanted, you're, you're heading out next week too, right? So everybody's heading yeah, out. This time next week, I'll be on a plane back to England. Okay. So you're going to catch uh, <coughs> the soccer, but you guys aren't into soccer, are you? Not anymore. Oh, so no, sorry. Tobin. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Chris? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I just... It's been a bad few weeks. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, 
and I'm a bad person, I know, so, yeah, it's mean. Hey, Will, I thought maybe you could just come up, and we were talking about all the things that God has done in our lives, and just what it looks like to be on a journey, and maybe just, can you share a little bit about uh, just how you, yourself, and how you came to be in Hong Kong and at Watermark? Absolutely. So, um, as Tobin said, I've been here since January. Um, I came out to Hong Kong to bring my business, which I've been running in England for about seven years, out here, open up a branch in Hong Kong. Um, I advise parents on choosing UK boarding schools, which is quite a small and uh, niche job. Uh, but it was actually through education that I um, became a Christian, which is very recent. As Tobin says, everyone's on a journey. I'm right at the beginning of my journey. Um, in Hong Kong, it's the first time I've attended church on a regular basis. Um, and it was only last year that I read C.S. Lewis's books to begin with on education, and they made so much sense to me that I began to read him on Christianity as well. Um, and so when I came out to Hong Kong, I wanted to start a bit of a new chapter, um, and I started by going to St. John's, and then I met Bernard um, in March, and he said, why don't you come along to Watermark? So I've been coming here since about March. Oh, that's great, yeah. So maybe within that journey of the time you've been here, share a little bit about what God's been teaching you. What, you know, you said you're at the very beginning of the journey, and mm. you're, you've been learning. What, what are some things you've been learning about yourself and uh, about him in this process? Right, so <laughs> I used to think that the British weren't um, very good at introspection, but then hearing Chris speak, <laughs> maybe that's just more of a personal uh, flaw. Um, <laughs> because he's great at it. Um, so I think the thing which has most forcibly struck me in the last six months has been the utter truth of what uh, has seemed to be the central theme of every single uh, service here on Sunday, which is uh, this idea that you're either on a journey towards God or that you're setting up some one or something up in your life instead of God, which is usually yourself. Tobin's very good about visualizing the journey either towards God or to yourself, either being wrapped in in yourself or trying to uh, open yourself up uh, to other people, uh, to God. So that's the thing which has struck me more than anything. The, the idea of God's plan is still one of, uh, which is very mysterious to me, but the idea of God's design uh, is one that has been uh, so clear in the last six months that by uh, trying to open oneself up, you seem to be pleasing some uh, design uh, you know, created by him. So I very much felt that in my own life, trying to please God by being a, a good brother, a good son, a good boss, a good colleague, uh, and always coming up with the temptation to set myself up uh, as a as a you know an idol in, in my life instead on an absolutely daily basis. Um, but I've also seen it in the last six months in just my experiences in Hong Kong uh, through Watermark, particularly through my CG. I see uh, amazing attempts by people to uh, put God in the centre of their lives, to be selfless, to be uh, very generous with their time. Um, and uh, their, their kindness to me in particular. Tobin and, and Bernard have both given me, furnished me with books, um, and e even just small things like that are such a, 
amazing, um, uh, amazing model for how to be uh, a good Christian. I'm very selfish about my books. When I buy a book, it's for me, I, and I keep it. But uh, Tobin and Bernard, in fact, Bernard gave me this amazing Smythson's diary as well. Just amazing generosity. And in the same, uh, same breath, in my job in Hong Kong, uh, I'm always coming up, uh, always meeting people who don't have God at the center of their lives, who, particularly with education, think that if their child can just get into the right school, then their whole world, their whole happiness will be solved. Uh, or in my experience with the expat scene out here, uh, that if they can just go out to Lang Kwai Fong and go mad for a night, that their, their happiness will be, uh, will be assured. And so the experiences in Hong Kong, both personally and uh, in meeting people, have just confirmed that central fact about uh, the Christian faith. Yeah. And so you mentioned a little bit about the, your community group, your CG, and what, mm-hmm. what they... Maybe can you share a little bit more about, like, what kind of role have they played in your life? And, you know, and there's some people in here who aren't in community groups, and they're trying to decide, why should I get into one? What does it look like? So what, what would you share as that role been in your life? Well, it's a smaller, it's a microcosm of what Watermark has been uh, in my life and why it's been, I, I just can't imagine the last six months without Watermark. So the two things I'm most grateful for are firstly just the fellowship and secondly the uh, continuing understanding of the Christian faith and the CG and Watermark have both been amazing at doing that. The churches I've been aware of in England, they, they do have fellowship, but the sort of churches I, I grew up sometimes attending, the fellowship was um, often around cups of tea and not very nice biscuits, usually <laughs> in a room, in a drafty room at the back of the church. And, and it was very voluntary whether you would ever go and into it. It sounds not that terrifying, but really the idea of all these uh, usually old ladies with their cups of tea and horrible biscuits <laughs> just... It, you know, it required so much, whereas a watermark and in the CG, the fellowship's just so warm and, and opening, and um, you know, it, it's, it's a very different feel. <laughs> um, and then on, on the understanding of faith, both formally through uh, your preaching, Tobin, and through Chris's uh, apologetics course, I just have felt um, so many questions that I had have been answered, and Jeremy and, and Chris have also taken time out of their days to answer further questions from me. It's just uh, amazingly kind. But even um, other members of the CG group, just uh, on our uh, very active WhatsApp group, <laughs> and, and in other ways, just constantly living, trying to live, live a communal Christian life in a modern world. It's, uh, it's amazing to see. Yeah. I think that always, if you uh, add Diet Coke to anything... Even bad biscuits, it helps. Right. So maybe you could introduce... I'll go back with that. Go back with that, Coco. <laughs> um, well, Will, as you, as you think about your next stage of your journey, you're going out there, you know, and how can we, how can we pray for you? I mean, what, what are some things? I mean, it's been so obvious as God has you here, and when I heard you're going back, I was like, oh, no, you just <laughs> seen all these things, like the perfect storm of colliding, and you see God's hand in mm. your life, right? And so how can, we, how can we keep praying for you as you head over there? Um, well, I've been praying as to how I can keep on serving Watermark and the community here back in London. So certainly if anyone's coming over to London, do get in touch. Um, very few of my close friends and none of my family are Christians. So the 
principal thing which is on my mind is just how I'm going to replicate the experiences I have here on Fridays and Sundays uh, back in London. So um, any prayers for that journey? Just Eric put it very well a couple of months ago when he said that the Christian journey seemed to be one of slow and unspectacular progress. And I, I very much feel that, um, as Yvonne said, three steps forward and two steps back. Um, any prayers just for the continuing slow and unspectacular? I hope it keeps on being progress rather than regress. Uh, would be very gratefully received. That's great. great. Thanks, Ed. I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Yeah. We're going to pray for Will, and then I'm going to I'm going to close this up with a prayer. Father, thank you for your hand upon us. Um, thank you that you love us because you love us. And I thank you for my brother Will here. Lord, I know that you, from the very, very beginning of time, you had a purpose, a plan. You called him, you opened his eyes to your son, and in the process of bringing life and people and literature and work and friends and family together, you continue just to show him your son and the struggles that he's moving in with his life that we all struggle with, which is who are we going to serve and what are we living for. And Father, I just thank you for what you've done in his life, and I just pray, Father, that you, we know that you will go before him. We pray for a good church family back home and. and in London, we pray that uh, you'd bring people around him in a community that would love him and that would encourage him. I pray just for wisdom as he interacts with his family. And I know that for most of us in here, that is a huge prayer request of how do we love our family well and how do we point them to Christ in, in families that are so counter-Christian. And so I pray for your grace upon him. I pray that you would just give him patience. I pray that you would help him to be methodical in his prayers and his loving them and sacrificial in his time, and in his words, and with his books. And I pray that they would see a change, and they would ask about what that change is, and he could just point to your son, Jesus. Father, I just pray for wisdom as he walks with you, and I pray for a community to walk together with him. And I thank you for just allowing us to experience just a glimpse of your mercy and grace uh, in his life. And it is amazing. Uh, and to know that there are multiple, multiple, multiple stories out here of glimpses and that we can, you weave all of those together into a tapestry that's this amazing picture of your kingdom, uh, wherever you are, wherever we are, wherever you send us. And so I thank you for my brother, and we pray all these things in your son, in Jesus' name, amen.